is Lorena Junco Margain, and I'm so excited for this journey. We decided to launch this podcast to share my story with the hope that you could connect the dots of your life and truly be on your way. Today on On My Way, Lorena and friends work on building their friendship strategies and chat more about the part friends played in helping on a journey of healing and forgiveness. Hola amigos and amigas, my friends, we're so happy to still be here, Elizabeth, Uni, Lulu and I talking about friendship. I really appreciate my dearest friends to be open about it and share your thoughts and for all the listeners out there, I hope you can relate to any part of our stories and we can help you make deeper, stronger relationships with your friends and even if you're lonely, Please do know that you are not alone. You can count on us. You can email me at Lorena at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. And I need to spell that out because I know I have a long last name. So L-O-R-E-N-A at L-O-R-E-N-A-J-U-N-C-O-M-A-R-G-A-I-N. LorenaJuncoMargain.com. Any question you send us, I promise you we've had a team. We're ready to create community and to make friendship one of our top priorities. So thank you for listening. And we're going to start off with an uncomfortable topic, with which is extrovert versus introverts. I know there are many people out there that seem extroverts, but they are truly shy. I don't know if any one of you relates to the shy part or being an, a true extrovert and just not having any anxiety around it. I definitely can relate to that. I feel like I'm an extrovert slash introvert. I'm married to an extreme extrovert. You know, I think that the definition of if you're an introvert or an extrovert is, are you fueled by being with people or are you fueled by being at home alone? I'm fueled by both. You are. I am. Um, And I think that probably if I did not have such a nurturing um, family, um, I probably would have solely been an introvert. I also have always had a career where I have had to be an extrovert. I've always been in sales of some sort. Um, So I have worked at that. But I also had people that pushed me. To be comfortable with being uncomfortable, and I know that that is where the growth is. Was that through business or through friendship? Through multiple things. I from from the time I was young, my parents pushed me to um, my career. I had many bosses and mentors that really uh, saw potential in me and pushed me to be, you know to do more and to um, just be the best version of myself. But I think there's lots of people that don't have that influence in their life. So then they just stay clammed up and just, you know, and being an introvert. But I say this a lot, being comfortable with being uncomfortable and just saying that simply can help someone that does, you know, that it's it's, like an icebreaker. It is. It's like they just can't get past being an introvert. But I think that if you are that person, there are still tips that can help you in building um, 
being more friendly and being social. So for me, it's focusing on others and, you know, trying to connect with other people and what is their story about and nurturing that. It seems it comes out of like being a curious person, right? You love learning about others. That is so true. Um, and so, yeah, if you can switch your mindset and that not being so clammed up about, you know, what are they going to think about me? I'm so shy. They're going to, you know, they're going to hear what I'm saying. It's, yes, about being curious and what you can learn from that other person and elevate that other person. Especially um, in a country where we have so many cultures. And I, I think you're great at that. You want to learn, you know, the food and the what what the words mean. I think you're... You, Having a curious mind is totally um, a gift. I think it's important that we're all students of life. We try to teach our kids that too, that, you know, even though we're not in school anymore, we're, there's still so much we can learn from every person that's in our life, whether a friend or they might potentially be a friend. Um, I think it's important to also pay attention to that person if you're trying to nurture that relationship. Turn off your smartphone, look them in the eyes listen to them, let them know that you are paying attention. So I think that's so true. And sometimes I wonder, you know, sometimes we're too harsh and I I, I have a big guilt complex and I feel that um, I don't put enough time on my friendships as I should. But I also have certainty that they know I'm there for them and I will make time when they truly need them. But there are some obstacles like... You know, right now I'm very involved with the book on the way to Casa Lotus. And what do you think would be some good tools that I could use to to just not give them the message like, oh, my God, she's too busy and she lost interest. Let me just not, you know, let let, let me not lose that, my time with her. Any of you, do you have any strategies you could recommend so I can, you know, not rob the wrong way? Well, I think we're all guilty of, because we have good intentions of saying, we need to get together. Let's let's do something together, whatever. Let's get it on the books. And then it falls by the wayside for many reasons, and it never happens. Um, as an example, I had, I reached out to a friend recently who's who had a birthday, and I, I haven't seen her in several months. And you know, due to COVID or due to life. And, and I said, uh, I texted her with her birthday wishes. And I said, we haven't seen you all in so long. We really miss seeing you. Let's please get together soon. And then I caught myself think, you know, after I sent that thinking, oh my gosh, here we're, I'm doing this yet again. And I really mean it. I really want to see them. And so she responded. And then I said, I'm tired of talking about it. Let's do it. And then right then and there, that was probably a Wednesday or Thursday. She said, what are y'all doing this weekend? And we actually had happened to have a, a, a one of the nights free. And I said, we have nothing scheduled this day. We don't either. Let's do it. And I mean, just like that, it came together and we had a nice, very casual, easy dinner because as y'all know, in Austin, Texas, it's next to impossible to go to dinner on a moment's notice without a reservation. Yes. So we found like a little neighborhood joint. It didn't matter where we were. It was just kind of fun to catch up with them. And I was so glad that we actually took the initiative to make it happen right then and there. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't see each other 
for several months. So definitely getting something on the books when you're thinking about it and reach out with a specific plan, not just an abstract, oh, let's get together. Or I'm missing you. Yeah, let's let's put out pull out the calendars. Yes, and put a... absolutely. And, get, and put it on the books. Even if you have to change it later, that's okay because everybody understands conflicts arise. But at least you have it and then you plan, you try again. Uh, and then the other thing I think is, is, and I feel like this applies even more to the friends that you see regularly and that you both have busy schedules, is that you can plan to do things, activities that you both know you have to do. Let's go, you know, to the gym together. Let's go for a walk together. You know you're going to go for a walk. You know you want to see your friend. Why not kill two birds birds with mm -hmm. one stone and do the walk with your friend and it'll probably be a much more enjoyable walk if you do it with someone you enjoy spending time with and you know getting a pedicure mm -hmm. get doing you know think of those things that you have to do anyway and they have to do anyway do them together that would be so you know great way to knock that out there's a fine line between and i i don't think i have a standpoint on it I haven't been in the professional world as strongly as you have been as a lobbyist. How do you define where the business stops and the friendship begins? Or is there such thing as both? Mm, I think it's like anything. You know, you spend time with somebody and when, like you talked about earlier, when you, you know you have a chemistry with somebody And all of a sudden, you know, you see them and you're in a meeting together talking about a business matter, but you are laughing and enjoying each other and talking about each other's families. And then it just kind of flows into, well, let's go get a glass of wine after work or, you know, it just I feel like a lot of times those things happen organically. So it is let's a great place lunch, to find know. friendships. Definitely. I think so. I, I have some friends that I've had for over 30 years since I started my career that it kind of happened that way. You find yourself gravitating towards them even when you don't necessarily have to see them because you enjoy the time spent with them. I think that's amazing. One of my biggest fears is being rejected. So that fear, I don't know if I'm the only one living with it. I don't know how about you, my friends that are listening to it. I think sometimes I don't try things because I'm afraid of getting a no. And I'm being very, you know, on top of it in saying, you know, my worst case scenario is a no, but I'm going to aim for a, for a yes. Is there any tips you can give me on, you know, being rejected or I fear in being judged? Well, I think the first, in in my personal opinion, I think uh, first you have to try. I mean, you have to put yourself out there and try and ask. And if 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 you're interested in get to know, let's say the mom of your daughter's friend, what about having just coffee or invited for for lunch? You know, just an invitation to have lunch or get together. And you might try a few times. And this has happened to me. Uh, I have invited people to my home a few times. And and I don't keep a spreadsheet or a checklist who is inviting me back. But you see that there's not really an invitation or there's not an opening for to grow their relationship. 
but I'm okay with that. I I take I don't take it personally. Maybe they have other ideas. They're busy. They didn't connect with me. They see other interests that I may have and they don't. So I think it's it's maybe just move to the next person. Yeah. At least I I say that to my kids a lot. Don't don't stuck to those two friends because if you get upset with them something happens between you and and I mean you might be friends later again but call them another friend yeah I think that's very true especially our kids I mean they're absorbing everything either through listening or through observation so I think it's very important to teach them how to be a good listener by us being good listeners even to their problems and not setting that many rules or expectations into friendships because then, you know, I I notice that we can just be uh, saying, oh, this girl always does this to me and then they will think that's acceptable. So I have also learned that they truly will model us. And, exactly, yeah. And uh, also about the forgiveness, you know, uh, sometimes when your kids come and they say, you know, mom, you know, this girl used to be super nice and she's not, me- you know, she's being mean. I think it's very important to teach them about forgiveness and how people need second chances and how to give them tools to, to work around it. But going back to that, what do you think are the tools we need to teach them on how to re reapproach a friend at school or even us being uh, as adults, you know, when when Lulu, you were out and about with your professional life on social media and then we heard your feelings, I think we had a good practice about approaching you and talking about it. Some didn't and some did. So mm-hmm. I think closure is a big important and I think that's like a way to forgive Am I right? Yeah, and change the perspective and just take the good of out of it and the learning and and we're still friends and it's it's my decision the way I'm gonna move forward with this or be stuck with the bad vibes I felt in that moment. I'm not gonna be stuck in the back. That's not the reality right now. So I'm just in my in my view, and that's what I tell my kids. Just just change your perspective. Maybe that person was having a bad day, and 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 they they were having family problems. So you don't you never know what thoughts that person is having, and it 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 might not have to do anything about you. That's so true, and I think that's so important that we teach our kids right. That if they get a nasty comment at school, it has nothing to do about them. It's more that the other kid is going maybe through a rough patch or something. But anyway, all of you listeners out there, I hope this have helped you. Please know that we are here. We all are on our way. We are connecting the dots to become a better human being and to understand the beauty of human dynamics. Lorena, I know that the listeners are used to hearing your voice first, but I wanted to start by asking you a question. When you were going through your health issues, in that moment, what did you need? 
what did your friends, what role did your friends play in your life at that moment? That's a very deep question, and I, it actually wants to make me cry. Um, believe it or not, your sense of wor- worth is gone. Um, you feel like a burden, so you just pray you die, and that way life can continue without being a burden to your family or your kids, especially when it's a very long situation, a chronic one. I think that what kept me ticking was that my friends constantly told me that they needed me. And my kids also verbalized that. Like um, Eduardo did too. He said, I just want you to know that if you die, I die. Like, I cannot have you die. Don't die on me. And I was so, I felt so responsible on trying to accomplish that and I, I I was so confused at the beginning and I'm like don't give me don't give me more burden because I already have enough but it had a, a beautiful effect after it I was um you know I started nesting more I was present in my family all the time in how I cooked and the paintings I put in my house and the affirmations and the quotes and that only made me see the beauty and the things I had. Friends of mine sent me messages and some spiritual bouquets as they talk about it. It is um, ramillete espiritual, what they call it in Spanish. So basically it's a bouquet of prayers and those are the things that I held on to. And I, I knew that the power of intention was there. So I was basically a beggar. And without my friends, nothing would have been possible. They took my kids to school. They brought food to the house. When Eduardo had to travel, they took me to the doctor. Um, I had plenty of sofa time with them. And, you know, we could talk about nothing and or hear me complain. And I I feel... You know, I remember thinking once that if I die right now, it has been a plentiful and bountiful life. And I wouldn't have made it without my family and my friends. And for everyone who is listening, do invest time in your friends. It's such an important part. You might be on a high, but life is full of highs and lows and... There's so many things and unexpected gifts behind it that, you know, the experience of being alive cannot be experienced fully if you don't have those lows and you let yourself be pampered and loved by by everyone. And that's when you, you see the beauty of humanity and you forget about the the bad side of it so I need to take a deep breath and your question touched my heart what made me think is that I wanted my kids to witness (laughs) that they have to have good friends that they have to be close to their family unit that was my lifeline and their prayers their good vibes all the ways they loved me, I just didn't give up. And I do think 
to a certain extent, you have control if you want to give up or not. And I, I truly became a warrior. And so I thank you. You are a warrior. Take a break. So I don't know if you want to help me see from afar, from being the patient, you know, what are the things that you saw in my process that that just supported it? And, you know, what were the conversations behind, you know, what were the backstage conversations? I know you did a lot of chats on how to help me and you reached out to my parents. And I remember my parents telling me, you are so loved, your friends are doing so much for you. And I remember at those times I was so confused that I didn't know how to put it into words or even appreciate it. But now that I've written the, the book, I can see how potent, you know, to have the power of love around you. And I truly think that I healed because of that. And nothing in my life, all the hard decisions I had to do made me be who I am. And, you know, there's this saying, love doesn't divide, it multiplies. So I gained friendships through my hardships because they saw me at my most vulnerable situation. And I think that also made them mirror uh, themselves in me. And we just had the deepest conversations and uh, they'll be my friend. I mean, they're my sisters now. Nothing will ever stop me from being there for them when they need me. So for that, I'm forever grateful. Yes, those were very tough times. And I witnessed how much everyone loved you and cared for you. And we were very aware of your health situation. And we couldn't, you know, care more about you. No one hesitated a bit of in any help or pray or what else can we do? for you when when you were going through those moments and it wasn't scary for us too because a close friend is going through this and it's taking a toll on her and I don't know we were scared of how big the toll was maybe we said this question how can we help and maybe some people were very much of a leaders of organizing the bouquet of of Prayers. prayers or giving you a heart to take to the hospital and it it was it was very hard at that moment to because I remember asking you should I go to should I go to the hospital to Houston should I stay I asked those specific questions because I I wanted to go but I I didn't know it was I was gonna be on people's way so Uh, I just tried to understand how much I needed to be there for you. And I think everyone was tiptoeing about the idea how much they also needed to do for you. But everyone cared. Every, everyone was praying. Everyone was doing what they could uh, with the skills they had, for sure. But if someone is going through a, a health uh, time or a health issue they got they are going through through a difficult time with their health 
do you have any suggestions about asking for help? You know, I think that's one of the hardest things that where you're literally in panic mode, mm -hmm. you're just paralyzed. So your creativity shuts down. I remember I did need a lot of things, but I couldn't remember. Like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know if I had the tools on how to ask. Mm -hmm. So I remember a dear friend like didn't ask me and she just showed up with food. And, and I, And I was like, whoa, you know, yes, that's what we had for dinner. So I think that was a very efficient, you know, don't wait for the green light, because when you're in chaos, you do not see the horizon. You're just like in your room staring at the ceiling. And I think that whatever initiative you have, flowers or a text, sometimes phone calls are too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But I do think that being present versus absent, it's a it's a difference. It's a life changer. And I think uh, for me, this is the Maya Angelou quote. I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you make them feel. So I think that's something that was maybe stuck into your into your heart it stay in your heart and maybe you forget the details but the way your friends made you feel was very important i agree um i mean with the last winter storm we had you just develop this very acute sense when you know someone is not making good decisions and um when i started talking to you, Lulu, and like, you know, why don't you walk out the cliff and we'll come get you? And you were like, no, Christian doesn't have 10 issues. And I'm like, 10 issues cannot be the problem, you know. So I hung up and I'm like, okay, Lulu is in that spot. She's not making good decisions because she's overwhelmed. You just don't know how to ask for help because you're going through a tough time and it's a time where you need to get act active. So I literally just Ubered someone and I told you someone will be there in 20 minutes, get out. And and that's what you did. And I mean, you were truly almost hypothermic, you know. Yes, oh I, was very, I was very cold and I I didn't feel I sounded differently. You did? I thought I was calm and collected. But you said, <laughs> you said no. the, way, the way you sounded, it wasn't right. And I needed to do something. And you told me we have a window because we are getting more snow and I can get a, traction a, on the a, wheels. A traction on the wheels. So it's now or or you're stuck there. So I don't know, maybe because that happened, I was getting colder and colder and colder and even joke with you if a horse showed up, I was going to get it. She's like, even if you sent a horse, I was going to... Yeah. <laughs> jump on the horse and leave <laughs> yes so, but but the beauty of it is that we needed we didn't need words or even eyesight i by the tone yes. i was able to know that you were not making good decisions and i think that's the beauty about deep friendships that mm -hmm. sometimes they're unheard or You just know, you have this gut feeling that, yeah. you know, your friend needs you. And uh, it started with texts. 
And you told me from the text, you didn't sound right. Correct. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, and, and you know, when I'm not having a good time, I hide. And actually, it's what you shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. But it's a, I think it's an, animals go hide and die. So I think it's a very primitive viscera to just hide. And, and I think as, you know, now that I went through it, I'm very aware of she's going hiding mode. That's not a good sign. And I think that's what I felt with you. Like you were just shutting down. Lorena Junco Margain, passionate art collector, devoted wife and mother, is already shaken after fleeing Mexico with her family while pregnant due to concerns for their safety. After arriving in her new home in Austin, Texas, she learns she has a tumor on her adrenal gland. Although not life-threatening, the condition is serious and requires surgery right away. Having long experienced unexplained symptoms of dizziness and lethargy that neither medications nor holistic or Ayurvedic treatments have helped, she embraces the news with tears of relief. With a simple surgery, she can regain her strength and joyful spirit. But fate can be mischievous, and to err is human, even for surgeons. Rather than improve after surgery, her condition worsens. On the way to Casa Lotus is the gripping true story of Junka Margain's journey coming to terms with the permanent consequences of a surgeon's devastating mistake. Mindful that even good people make errors and that vengeance such as legal action would not mend her broken body or soul, she chooses instead to embark on a quest for peace and healing, beginning by seeking space in her heart to forgive. You can get your copy of On the Way to Casa Lotus on Amazon or at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. You know, earlier you touched on not being able to think clearly and be creative about things that when people reach out to you to say, how can I help? Uh, you know, it, it, it almost to me sounds like it's people are putting it off on you. One more thing that uh, on your plate. And instead, what you might have needed is somebody to just take charge of the situation and think about those things for you um, and and ask you questions um, and from that determine what could be helpful. Do you want me to come over while you wait for test results or keep you company to take your mind off of it? I'm Don't worry, I'm going to organize a care chart so that all of us, your friends that want to help can have, can take care of dinner or, um, you know, a lot of times, obviously, the children, your friend's child that's going through this um, health situation, you in this case, you know, you have three beautiful kids who were much younger. And, you know, I would have been offering to talk to them about, uh, you know, delicately about your health situation, reassuring them that they have a big support system as well. And, and that, we're all going to make sure that you're taken care of and that they're taken care of and that everything will be as normal as it can be for them. So I remember um, being so grateful that they came back skipping because they had a play date or they, you know, they went to see a movie and instead of seeing me at home, they would be distracted and little kids, that's the reality they live. And it's such a relief when people 
remove your kids from painful situations, not that they shouldn't be part of it. Exactly. Because it's also healthy that they know that there are hardships, but to an extent where they can process it. Right. Because there are things they, they don't need to to be there. Right. Well, talking to them, too, and making them feel like they're not being kept in the dark, but in a manner that's appropriate for their age it's you know vital and you may not be the best person to do that because you're certainly more emotionally connected and are barely trying to keep it together for for everybody around you that she, you know sometimes it's better coming from a close family friend yes i agree i think to everyone listening out there please if you have the opportunity to reach out take care of those kiddos they're vulnerable and they are truly depending on us, have your group of friends help help out, tell them it's not a burden. Actually, when you give someone a task, they thrive on it and they're happy to help. Human beings love being at service. So it's a reminder so you know if you have a sick friend or even if you listeners are sick, please do reach out and Please know that you are actually making the uh, the helper being a happier person. So, yes, I definitely think you're right, Uni, and I am very grateful that all of you were so organized and, you know, I didn't even know everything that was happening, you know, right. backstage. I was just receiving the end product. And um, with the years, you know, I still surprise I get still surprised on, oh, wow, I didn't know that happened for this to happen. You just start connecting the dots and and it's beautiful to receive and embrace all the love. Mm-hmm. And with that, I might say there are also practices that, you know, I remember going to school and there was this lady that said, like, now what? What organ did you lose? And I would remember, you know, being ashamed because I as if it was my option. And I just started carpooling because I didn't want people to ask me. And um, I don't know, what are your thoughts and the big no's on on being hit, you know, when someone is going through a hard time? I know for myself, um, the fear of doing the wrong thing gets in my way sometimes. And, you know, I'm, I'm letting like my own fears getting in the way of helping someone. So, you know, I think that being sensitive to the feelings of someone else who's sick, it's important. Also, I learned through a family member not to complain about your own problems. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times we're trying to just relate to someone, but like an example would be, I know you're going through cancer, but I can understand because I have back problems. It's not the same thing. Correct. So n- not minimizing the, you know, the other person's illness because it comes from a good intention. Yes. It comes from, you know, we we are connecting. We're trying to relate. Correct. But I, I guess it's not on the same scale. It's not on the same scale, yeah. even though it's suffering. Yeah. I think that's so true. I think that um, and just by having that person vent, you know, it's just let them vent and doesn't mean that you don't have maybe a harder situation. You might but giving them, giving them the opportunity to just tell their own story, mm-hmm. I think yeah. that, you know, ears to listen is super valuable. So, Lorena, you uh, talk about what someone told you and 
trigger something in you. So what other comments or doings of people say or do, what would you say were, were you know, what triggered you to feel a certain way? Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting question. I think that, um, you know, with your dear friends, they need to know you well enough that if you say, I, I do not want visits today, I think they should honor that because you also need some space to process. But your close friends will know when you're hiding versus when you're truly needing that space. So there is this subtlety amongst deep friendships that you develop and you know what is she saying between lines so you ha it's like this language you know the in between the lines that that you just kind of become an expert because you know and i go back to the book on the way to casa lotus it's the way after you read it and you've told me oh my gosh i didn't know you had a voice talking to you i didn't know you thought you were crazy you became ocd and i thought you all knew It, and and that was a big aha moment. Like, I thought that to you, my closest friends, you all knew everything. And and that's not the case. So I do think that you just, as a good friend, you pound in, you know, and show up and maybe reach out to your, like my parents or my sister, and they can be a good source of information on, do not send her flowers because she's very allergic or she loves flowers or just get a little bit of more intimate information. One of my dearest friends, I love scents and I would gift her a candle every freaking time I went to visit her. And then one of her ladies staff um, works with one of her sisters And she would end up with all my candles. And so they, she had to tell me, like, Senora, do you know that every candle that you give away is be given away? And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, she doesn't like scents. And that's, I made a click. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm gifting what I like. Mm -hmm. I'm not gifting yeah. what she likes. Mm -hmm. So I became also very attuned, like, she's very sensitive. And I need to honor her sensitivi sensitivity So now I know I can honor her through more simple things like tea. Mm -hmm. She likes tea, so I just mm -hmm. give that. So I think it's very important to be bold and ask, like, is there anything you hate? Mm -hmm. Anything you don't want to? Or and the caregiver takes a great toll on the yes. situation. So being also reaching out to him, you know, like, do you want to join us for dinner? Or maybe because it didn't get to a point where he comes back from work and he's still working, but now with you and at night helping you go to the restroom. And so it's like a 24 hour shift. So I would put a lot of energy into the caregiver. When you're so sick, you're disconnected. So, you know, you're like not there, but the caregiver is very aware of every detail and also kind of pretending to portray toward the kids mm -hmm. that we still got it going. So yeah, I think that's a very important, but thank you my dearest friends for your time, for sharing your stories to everyone out there listening. Thank you for the time. I know everyone has limited time, especially in a world where everything moves so fast. 
please know that we all are on our way. Thank you for holding my hand on my way. And please know that this podcast is for you and me and for everyone out there that needs to hold a hand. We're here for you because believe it or not, we all are on our way. Thank you so much for listening. This is Lorena Junco Margain. And please reach out. I would love hearing from you. Send me an email at Lorena at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. You can find that in the link with the notes at the podcast. I am here for you. You will find a friend in me. And I know I will find a friend in you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thanks for listening to On My Way with Lorena Junco Margain. We'd like to invite you to send us your thoughts and any questions from this podcast by emailing Lorena at LorenaJuncoMargain.com. You can also reach out to us directly through our website by clicking the link in the show description of this podcast. This podcast is a production of Terra Firma and recorded from the historic Arlen Studios in Austin, Texas. Special thanks to executive producer Casey Helmick, studio engineer Joseph Olguin, audio and video editor Scott Caro, and our special guest featured in season one, including Renu Namjashi. Thank you.